to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. I'm always afraid that my mic is never going to be on anymore. No, it'll always be on. I, I really hope so. I always do like a... A mic check? A little mic check one, too. Welcome back, everybody to the South of the Six podcast, brought to you by the stadiumscene.tv network, or powered by the stadiumscene.tv network. Both. Could be both. Yeah. Which I'm sure they, they don't mind the double dose of stadiumscene.tv nah. advertisement, which is always nice. Um, Mr. Adam Corsair, how you doing? I'm great, man. Um, I appreciate you doing this a day and a dollar later, um, but That's I'm good. My... One-year-old is coughing her head off. Well, she's passed out now. We gave her some Tylenol, but otherwise... I almost thought you said passed away, and I was like, no. Jesus. <laughs> no, I would absolutely not be that casual. I'm like, I'm like what the fuck are you doing no, here? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, we, uh, we're dealing with um, RSV. I guess that's going around. And uh, any parents that had children that have been experienced RSV, I, I feel for you. But otherwise, I'm good, man. How about you? Good. Um, not dealing with RSV, so Good. a little bit, a little bit better than than your household. But um, I'm kind of sitting here uh, as we're recording. Obviously, the the audience can't see that you and I are on webcam together. Yep. But I'm seeing a, a really nice half sleeve on yeah. your arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got um, it. You wanna? You wanna? You want it's up to up? you if you want it. Yeah. Show yeah. me. Show me a little close up there. Oh yeah. Oh, see, that's nice. Now, for the audience that can't see it, maybe you want to explain a little bit to them? Sure. If anybody is familiar with Greek mythology, um, I sound like such a fucking Greek mythology. If anybody out there knows about Greek mythology, (laughs) um, the, the myth of Sisyphus, not syphilis, the myth of... Yeah, that's a different, that's a different kind of myth. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe not. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, the myth of Sisyphus, um, he is the dude that was condemned by Hades to um, perpetually in ad infinitum roll the rock up the hill, but the rock will always roll back down. And the meaning of that is um, life is always going to throw you impossible tasks and you might not even be able to accomplish the, all of them but you got to find meaning in it so we have to imagine that sisyphus is finding some meaning by constantly rolling the boulder up the hill because he's not destined or doomed to roll it the boulder is destined and doomed to roll back down he's choosing to roll it so you got to find meaning in that choice and in that struggle and uh, i can relate with to that man i've ha- i've wanted this tattoo for for 10 years and it sucks because you would you would know about this like i don't know if you've contemplated getting a tattoo but when i was in my mid to late 20s i talked about this with people and they were like just wait just wait you don't want to rush into anything just wait just wait because you might regret it later okay fine i'm 36 now i'm like all right i'm actually gonna do it and they're like what you're 36 you shouldn't be doing this now (laughs) i'm like well you told me to wait (laughs) and i really wanted it so that's ridiculous i got it well it it looks it looks really good, Thank um, you. and and I gotta say that uh, I'm I'm sure you're very proud of that. Um, oh yeah, five hours. There, yeah, five hours. There's there's a lot of meaning behind it, which is really cool. Um, the tattoos that have a lot of meaning are, are the ones that I like to hear about. So hearing about that is cool. Um, 
I also do like Greek mythology, so mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know every single intricacy of it, but I am fascinated by it. So um, hearing that is pretty cool. So uh, I do have to say that uh, um, the way you broke it down about, um, you know, pushing, pushing it, yeah, choosing to do that action rather than being eternally damned to it was kind of cool. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, there's a lot of choices in life. Like us, we choose to cheer for the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of times that boulder comes crashing right back down unless it's you know the year that they win in 2019 wonderful segue yeah um look is this a year where the boulder finally gets pushed up over the hill or is it doomed to land back down i don't know you tell me look the toronto raptors as of today thursday november 3rd the date of recording currently sitting at a five and three record um they've played games against cleveland uh brooklyn back-to-back against Miami, back-to-back against Philly, then Atlanta and San Antonio most recently. My first question to you, Mr. Sleeveless Tattoo Man, Hmm. are you happy or content or not satisfied with the start for the Toronto Raptors? Where are you sitting right now? I'm good, man. They're in, what, third place right now? I know it's, what, uh, eight games in, are we? Yeah, we are eight games into the season. Um, So that's a small sample size. You can't even really pick it apart, but... Still, third place right now. Um, we're the only team to give Cleveland their loss, um, if I'm correct on that. Um, and they've been, much like last year, they've been sort of up and down, and those losses have been frustrating. Right. However, the losses have mainly been um, against opponents uh, that we've already beaten. So we've we lost to who? We lost to Miami. We lost to Philly. And and we lost to um uh Cleveland uh nope not Cleveland sorry I'm gonna pull it up lost to uh Miami we lost to Philly and we lost to why is my things sketching out uh the Nets Brooklyn. the Nets that's what it was yeah so mm-hmm. the Nets is the only team that we haven't played twice uh and even that was relatively close to the end um so I I'm overall satisfied. Uh, I do have my concerns, which I'm sure we're going to bring up and, you know, dissect. But Mm -hmm. overall, it seems like we're dealing more, we're we're dealing more with a a team that is similar to last year than more that has drastically improved. And that's not a knock. It's just, I think the lack of bodies to sort of accelerate this team is its Achilles heel right now. Right. Um, and, you know, I think they've had a really tough start to the year. Like, we noted that on our previous podcast episodes. We looked at the start and we said, look, if I, th- I think both you and I said, like, if they can come out 500 from this, it's a win. Yeah. Um, I, I have to, I, I'm really happy, actually, with a 5-3 and three record to start. Uh, you kind of figure in those back-to-backs, it's probably going to be a loss mixed in in those two games. The Brooklyn one was a little bit tough and kind of came down to the wire, but... Um, you know, getting wins like Cleveland's a good team. They're they're ahead of us. They're, we're the only team to beat Cleveland this year. Yep. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are also five and three, right with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, San Antonio surprisingly five and three. Um, Philly not really a great start, but they're a good team. You know, Miami veteran team. Uh, Brooklyn has been has had a shit start, and now Kyrie Irving is suspended, which is uh, really interesting. But uh, 
the the way that it's gone down, I think, as you, if you're a Raptors fan, you you have to be impressed. No. Yeah. Um, I think you you have to be satisfied. Yeah. Right. We did talk about the first. 10 11 games i think it was the 11 games right. out of the stretch and we still have uh chicago for two in dallas we have dallas on friday yes okay so i mean maybe that dallas game isn't going to be as difficult as we anticipated coming into it um i'm sure that team is better than the record states like a lot of teams are yeah. but you know it the the waters are being tested for the raptors and i think they're doing just fine you can't ask mm-hmm. for a better start um, you're right. We were hoping for 500 out of the first 10. Um, that's still on the table. So even if they lose the next two, that's a 500 record. So um, I don't know how you can't be satisfied. But at the same time, I don't know how you can think that, you know, given the the rate in which some of these players are playing or haven't been playing, you know, as a result of playing so much, i.e. Fred Van Vliet, um, I have major concerns uh, going deep into the season. So, um, I mean, that's something we could talk about later on mm-hmm. in the season when it comes to like trade deadline and stuff. But right now, um, the Raptors lack a sufficient bench and bodies that can hold the line down when players like Fred Siakam, even OG Scotty Barnes are sitting. So, yeah. other than that, it's very, very similar in feel to last season. Yeah, and. You know, I think that this Raptors team, you, you talk about the bench, which is, you know, another note that I have here. Um, I'm talking about the Raptors bench. I, I did see this week that the Raptors bench is averaging fewer points per game than Benedict Matherin. Now, this may have changed with the two blowouts that occurred and, and the bench came in and played kind of these garbage minutes. But in meaningful close games like let's let's eliminate these blowout games that might inflate these numbers a little bit the raptors bench was averaging fewer points per game than benedict matherin only brooklyn was averaging fewer points off the bench than toronto um obviously it's a concern i had are you concerned about it obviously it's a concern yeah the lack of bench scoring again and and this directly affiliates i think with Otto Porter Jr. We, we talked about Otto Porter. We talked about the spark plug that he has to be on this on this second unit, on this bench unit, to contribute some offense. And if you have Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup, your bench points are going to suffer. That's just the way it is. So it's like, it, I, I don't think it really matters exactly where it comes from, right? As long as you're getting it, I guess. But without Otto Porter and without... Gary Trent Jr. in the second unit. This team on the bench is really going to struggle to score points. Now they defend well, and the Raptors as a unit defend well. Like if you take a look, they have the, they're allowing the third fewest points in the NBA this season. So defensively, they are stout. I don't really know if we're going to expect the offense to produce on the bench level, but do you think that the defense? will maintain across the season between the starting unit and the bench unit. I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I, even I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's a high number being the third, averaging the third fewest points per game defensively. But I'm curious to see what you have to think. I think the starting unit can. 
there's a reason why this team was built with a lot of players that are long. Like length has been the priority here, and that will only benefit you on the defensive end. So I think mm-hmm. the defensive prowess of this team isn't really going to go anywhere, barring an injury. Um, and I mean, you, I'm not saying they're terrible offensively. I think they're right. third overall in offense right now. Um, in overall offense, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I see the defense and that sort of effort either maintaining or even improving more than I see the offense maintaining. Right. Um, I don't see them being able to perform this well offensively throughout the year if we're going to be continuing to you know truck out the same bodies at the same minute clip. Mm-hmm. Um, so this team was built on defense. That mm-hmm. is the you know the centerpiece of how this team was formulated and generated together. So um, I have confidence that that will maintain, but I don't know that that's going to carry him too far if the offense starts to slump and you sort of expect that it will. I mean, every year it does. Yeah. I mean, the thing that remains consistent for the most part is, is usually defense, right? Like defense is usually the, the consistent on teams, whether you're consistently good or consistently shit, a defense like that usually maintains whatever that that benchmark is. It may fluctuate a little bit. You may have some obviously some some games where you give up a lot of points and may just be matchup based. But teams have a certain DNA when it comes to defense. When it comes to offense, you, you the, everyone can have a poor shooting night, and that's just the way it is. And there's more variance to offense in this league than there is defense. So um, I agree. I think I think their defense they're built on it. There's six, nine boys everywhere that can switch on anybody at any point. Like Scotty Barnes clamped up Trey Young, um, gave him the work, gave him the business. And and that's that's the way it goes, you know, and, and teams will find it really difficult to match up against that, even if the Raptors give up a little bit of size, which they may not because they got guys like Christian, uh, like uh, Christian Coloco uh, coming in. Uh, they have, you know, even Precious. I know he's not a big body, but he acts as a big body. You have Chris Boucher. So a lot of bigger bodies that can still come in and be versatile while you still have six, nine boys all across the floor. It's amazing. I love it. So um, anything to put a bow on in terms of the actual team performance before I start dissecting a few of the players? No, I I, I do think they're on a, a positive trajectory right i don't want anybody mm-hmm. to walk away from this exchange that we're having thinking that i think that that the the raptors are going to fall off i mean mm-hmm. I, like i said everyone has their struggles everyone every team goes through their slumps it's just inevitable but i do think that if the raptors are able to maintain this and knock on desk injuries don't happen and fatigue doesn't kick in which they're all human so i don't necessarily think that's a possibility but they look really good they look mm-hmm. really promising i am more than happy with what I've been seeing, and I'm not in the slightest disappointed. Um, so I think it was that one that Miami loss was probably their worst loss. Um, I, th- I think it was worse than the Philly loss, to be honest. But um, I agree. Was that the game that Coloco got kicked out of the the Miami yes. game? Yeah, the, the Miami game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I was just I had a bad taste in my mouth with that game. <laughs> um, but otherwise. I, I'm really encouraged with what I'm seeing, and they're just a trade deadline away to make a pretty decent push in the postseason, but that's way later. That's a trade deadline episode yeah, of the South of the Six podcast, which yeah. you should be tuning in for when we get to that point. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that this team fundamentally is really sound. They're poised to make make some noise, do some business in the playoffs. And when we get to that point, it'll be really interesting to see what pieces are healthy, what pieces are added, what pieces are removed. But again, that's we're just getting the season started. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, talking about players that are providing some value to the team. How about Pascal Siakam? How about Pascal Siakam? I know we had conversations on this podcast about Pascal Siakam. We talked about his impact, what it could potentially be, what we should expect from him, what others would add for him and take away from him. Pascal Siakam currently is leading the Toronto Raptors in points, rebounds, and assists per game. He's the most consecutive 20-plus point, 5-plus rebound, and 5-plus assists games in Raptors history with seven. Seven consecutive games of at least that stat line, passing Kyle Lowry from 2020. It's also the longest streak in the NBA currently. Okay, Siakam wants to be a top-five player in the NBA. He said that at the beginning of the season. You and I had this conversation at length on this podcast about that's really not fucking possible. Adam, is it fucking possible that Pascal Siakam can be a top five player in the NBA? I don't know. I I, I don't want to double down because he's playing so well. But at the same time, he, I don't know, man. It's it's such a mystery right now because how many triple doubles does he have right now? I think Lowry holds the record for 16 in the season. I think he's uh, like I know he had one against San Antonio. I believe I saw that that was his second triple double of the of the year. Yeah, he, uh, and one he only had Brooklyn. two last year. Yeah, so he's already he's already reached his triple double point total, and he did that in three quarters against San Antonio. So he's got one against Brooklyn. Yeah. And the other came against San Antonio. San Antonio. So he has two. Um, I think Lowry had 16 in a season for the Raptors. So he's on pace. Yeah. He's on pace to do that, um, to break it. Mm-hmm. Are we comfortable putting him ahead of the likes of a Giannis? Nope. A Tatum? I'd want to. Right now, like if we're like if we're talking like this season, he's ahead of Tatum. KD. No, I'm not there yet. Yeah, it's, all right. So, but like, but like, I, I, I could like I could be like if 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 there was another like week or two of this, I could be. Especially with Kyrie suspended for five games without that's pay. True. Yeah. Um, he's missed more games in his Brooklyn Nets career than he's played. So, not to get off topic, I will slightly move the needle and say it's possible. I mean, we were pretty. We shot it down. Yeah, and again, I can't double down given the production, and he just looks different. He mm-hmm. looks hungry. He looks mm-hmm. confident. Um. I still don't like him dribbling the ball in in the paint in crowded traffic. I no. don't like it, but still scares me. He he pulls it off, so he's better than I am in that regard, or my evaluation of talent. And yesterday, albeit at San Antonio, he had some really 
really nice uh, creations when it came to scoring. And uh, I don't know if you listened to the broadcast, but I think Kayla Gray was talking, um, was referencing a conversation she had with Pirtle. And he, Pirtle said that it, when Pascal and him were on the team with the bench mob, um, he would just sort of look to to for his opportunities to be created for him pretty much just like open looks yeah and now he's making those opportunities creating them yeah. yeah he's a creator now so i'm gonna say it's possible and i've loved what i have seen he is i mean i, I know it's far away again that's a conversation down the road but he's got to be in the conversation right now for early mvp he i i saw early rankings of him at fourth Overall, in the MVP, I feel like ranking, that's low. I think I think it's a little low. Um, if he continues how he's playing right now, like think about this: second half of the season for Siakam last year was really good, right? <laughs> and he literally did not make it to the All Star game, and then was All NBA third team, which is an incredible feat in and of itself. Showcases his strong finish to the season. He's picking up right where he left off, and better than what he was than what he was playing. So, taking all that into consideration, it's very possible that this could be a thing. Now, Vince Carter, our OG Toronto Raptors legend, Vince <laughs> Carter, stated that Pascal Siakam is on his way to becoming a top five player in the NBA. Um. Call it what you will, call it Raptors bias, call it, um, you know, uh, looking towards the fan base for some approval or something. I, I don't know. Like, it, there could be ulterior motives. But that's somebody that understands development. He's been in the game for, you know, 20 plus years playing, basically. And he understands what it takes to, to stay in the game, to develop the game. I if if you had told me like two months ago or whenever this statement was released about Pascal Siakam's ambitions of being a top five player that we'd be having this conversation today on November the 3rd that he could push this spot based on his performance I'd say you're nuts Hmm. but he's truly having an MVP caliber start to the season and that can't be denied and it's getting attention from US media it's getting attention from analysts and personalities all across not even just here in the united states they're talking about the raptors they're saying they're a sleeper team they're well constructed they're well coached they're versatile all the shit that we saw last year but because we didn't have an all-star everyone's like yeah well fuck this team they're whatever now we have this guy that's playing lights out they're like oh this is great raptors they're good hey did everyone know they're good my sleeper team i'm like fuck you (laughs) like but that's just my rant over um Yes, Pascal Siakam can reach that point. Is he there right now? No. Uh, is he a top 10 player in the NBA? I'll ask you that question. Is he top 10 currently in the NBA? I think currently he is, but you know, I'm looking at league leaders in points, points mm-hmm. per game. Uh, let me check rebounds. Is he in there? He's Could not. Be. He's, He's not, not in the top 10 in either of those three, in any of those three, I should right. say. Um I think he's be performing as such. I think that, you know, gar- there have been a f- couple of games in there where garbage time has taken a premium. I think last night yeah. in San Antonio, they pulled him at six minutes left in the game. 
Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't even think he played the entire fourth quarter. They, to be honest. Yeah. So, um, maybe it's personal bias, but yeah, I'd say he's top ten currently. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't. I. I don't think you'll get anybody that's going to vehemently disagree with that right like they're gonna look and be like okay well he's playing at a really good level right now so uh i think currently sitting at top 10 it's hard it's really hard to push top five man when you got the likes of like the Giannis's and the lucas and the curries and the lebrons i know lebron struggled this season his team has struggled he said he's got some virus He's got he's got the bedridden virus, Sweet. but he's no flu game. But um, you know, there's some really like Jaw Jaw Morant, great player, right? Like there's some really talented individuals in this league. So really hard to crack, but you know, it's forcing our hand to talk about. It. He's playing incredibly well. So um, hat tip to him. And um, I want to get into into another player that's kind of been catching my eye, but. Do you have anything that you want to wrap up about Siakam before we move on? No, I, he's he's wonderful, and <laughs> I I I, do, I I love the confidence, and I want yeah. the players on my team, on my favorite team rather, to th- believe that they can be the best. Yeah, I just want them to show it, and he mm-hmm. is to his mm-hmm. credit, he is. So, no complaints. Get that top five. Yeah, yeah, he's talking the talk and he's walking the walk. Yeah. And and I love that. Like I, I, I really like seeing that he's putting his money where his mouth is. So yeah. good for him. Uh really happy for him. He's he's such a likable player, he's such a likable person. Um, so I'm really happy for his start of the season. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed he stays healthy. Um speaking of another likable polarizing player, let's talk about Scotty Barnes a little bit, right? Um especially over the last little bit, he's really picked up his game uh so far and i don't i don't want to include the uh san antonio game mainly just because i had these stats before then so sure, yeah, um, that's fine. uh before that game you know he was shooting the ball really effectively he had he was shooting almost 53 percent from the field 50 percent from three and 80 percent from the line almost 61 percent true shooting while also maintaining a really high level of defense which is also super important to note here I know we discuss our expectations of Scotty Barnes going into the season. I know we talked about the proverbial sophomore slump mm-hmm. and how it, you know, especially if you win rookie of the year, a lot of times you're cursed. But is Scotty meeting your expectations so far in the season? Is he exceeding them? Is he is he overachieving, underachieving? Is he meeting? Like, where are you sitting at right now with Scotty? Um, knowing what we know about how he had a bit of a slower start to the season, but in recent, you know, in the last like week or so, he's really picked up his game. Yeah, uh, he's just fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely just fine. Um, I know that when we were talking about him in the preseason, I think he needed to, to step up the intensity um, and the alertness, I think was the term that Nick Nurse used. Um, and I, I don't know if that was because of the injury that he was dealing with and it sort of bled into the beginning of the season. Yep. But I would say mainly since the Miami games, I would say, I've seen a substantial uptick in his production. Um, he looks hungrier. He's right. far more aggressive, um, especially underneath. That dude wants those gimmies underneath and he yeah. will stop at nothing to get them. Um 
he's one of those players. I know we sort of ragged on Siakam about his handles dribbling dribbling into traffic. I do not get that vibe uh, with Scotty Barnes. I love it. Um, right now, I'm looking at the uh, basketball reference page. Yeah. He is third on the team in uh, points per game. He is fifth on the team in steals. He is third on the team in assists. He is fourth on the team in total rebounds, um, field goals. He is third field goal percentage. He is fourth. So he's still within that, like, you know, obviously being the top five in the starting lineup, he's still maintaining that and he's still producing as such. So um, I'm not worried necessarily about a sophomore slump. I would be lying if I said I wasn't mildly concerned with the start of the season heading into it, even though they were more or less winning games. Yeah. I think he's doing just fine. Um, do I see a huge leap right now happening? No, it's more like he's picking up where it was in last season. Yes. But I don't think it's unfair to say that, to anticipate rather, that as the season progresses, so will his production. Yeah. And like you said, it's not even, that's very fair to assume. Um, I think that the alertness level of Scotty Barnes, like Nick Nurse, I mentioned, like you just alluded to, uh, you can really see it on the court. Uh, it's It was such a great phrase and like a great way to encapsulate what really was kind of going on with Scotty Barnes from Nick Nurse. Just kind of goes to show how in tune he is with his players. He, he just like he knows the right like word and he knows what exactly each player needs or is lacking or is not paying att- enough attention to. Um, it was the alertness. Scotty Barnes came prepared and, you know, he's we, from everything we know about him. He's a competitor. So they probably challenged him to be more alert and be more ready. And lo and behold, what do you know? He was more alert. He's more ready and he's been playing a lot better. So um, the defense to me is is been super impressive for Scotty Barnes. Again, it was to be expected, but uh, Scotty Barnes has his versatility. He started as a, a point guard against Atlanta, um, obviously with the injury to Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he was thrust into that role, played it a little bit at FSU, so he's comfortable enough there. But he had a tough defensive assignment. Like I know, I know that the size difference is whatever, but he's he's up against Trey Young. He's really shifty player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really quick with the ball. He's got a quick, you know, quick movement uh, on off dribble, on dribble, like on ball, off ball. And he gave Trey Young the works. He he put he, he clamped him up. He took the assignment head on and he ran with it. And as a second year player guarding one of the most versatile scoring guards in the league in terms of how he can score and, and what he can do, like Steph Curry light in terms of, you know, he can score basically from anywhere. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. That to me showcases how intense he is on both ends of the floor because you know you take a look at the box score and you go how does scotty barnes do okay yeah whatever okay but but the box score never shows the defense and the defense if you're watching the games anyone that's here that's listening is probably watching the games as well you know scotty barnes is is putting in the work there he's been alert mm-hmm. on defense so um i gotta tip my cap to him on that for for me he's been he's definitely been meeting expectations um maybe a little bit more just based on the fact that he's shooting the ball pretty well, but he's got that defense still there, which I, I was afraid might, you know, 
there might be a bit of a trade-off one way or the other. So definitely meeting them, maybe exceeding it a tiny bit. But like like you, I'm, I was just a little concerned about the start of the season. But um, I'm hoping that this run of games is consistent with with what we're to expect with Scotty Barnes for the rest of the season. What they also don't show on the stat sheet, and he's been doing this a lot. First of all, let me segue into it. Yeah, The Raptors have been outstanding in transition this year. Yes. Outstanding. And yep. they are slaughtering teams in transition um, when that gets rolling, especially against San Antonio last night. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a you know little hint of the two-sweet moment of the week for me. But um, <laughs> when it comes to Scotty Barnes in transition, especially when it's like a three-on-two transition, so many no-look passes that people are biting for, the defenders are biting for. And it is a thing of beauty how crisp, clean, and accurate those passes have been. And it just shows me that his confidence is still there, that he believes that he is the franchise of this team. Like, yes, Pascal Siakam, bar none, is the best on the team right now. Correct, correct. not even a debate. Correct. But we know... Everyone listening to this knows, as Raptors fans, that Scotty Barnes is the future of this team. Scotty Barnes is the future best Toronto Raptor during whatever time period that will be on this team. Um, So to see that budding so rapidly, you know, and the disparity from the beginning of the season to where we are right now, eight games deep, I just, I cannot wait till the middle of the season to see. We could be talking... Maybe not get in, but he might be in the conversation for the all-star team. Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see it. I, I think that, you know, people take offense like as law to get into the all-star game. And yeah. defense is a lot, a lot of times overlooked unless you're talking about Rudy Gobert. But... Like when it comes to all-star game selections. Mm-hmm. But he's giving it to you on both ends of the floor. And like I said, if, if this if this trajectory continues of improvement for Scotty Barnes, it, it could definitely happen. I really like where his head is at. And when Fred comes back and, and plays at a level two, you're going to you're going to really start to see this team is this team is going to be really tough to beat really tough to beat you have a number one in pascal siakam right now you have a number one and i think it's the first time i've been able to say that truly and and believe it. you have a number one in pascal siakam yeah you have a 2a and 2b in fred van vliet and scotty barnes however you want to organize you have a sharp shooting threat in gary Trent jr so good he's He's such a good shooter yeah like like you need that guy in the playoffs. Like yes. you need a, you need a Gary Trent Jr. on your team in the playoffs. You need a guy that can, you know, offenses not work. It's clogged up a little bit. You need that bucket to like stop the bleeding on the defensive end. Like Gary Trent, post up, shoot, he's got it. Like he's been automatic. So yep. you need you need guys like that on the team. OG Ananobi, back to back games of five plus steals, first time in Raptors history. That that's ever happened. Back-to-back games of five or more steals. So congratulations, OGN and OB on that. And 
this team is just, on both ends of the floor that they, they can score and they can defend. It's really hard. And defense is what really carries over in the playoffs. Defense really carries over in the playoffs. Look at what happened with Marcus Gasol and Joel Embiid. Defense really carries over in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Nick Nurse is going to throw everything at you. He's going to throw the kitchen fucking sink mm-hmm. at you in the playoffs when it comes to defense. He's going to get all janky. Players hate playing against the Raptors because of their because of their defense. Tatum's been open about it. Curry's been open about it. The star players hate it. Hate it. Nick Nurse is scheming. And he's got some really good defensive weapons. And, you know, OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes are two incredible weapons on that on that defensive end. Not not to take away from anybody else, but those two are your anchors if you're talking about defense on this team. And not only that, they've been showing that they've been able to score. So, um, yes, Scotty Barnes is the future of this franchise. That's why they didn't trade him for Kevin Durant. And I'm glad they didn't. Let me add to that, and I know we can move on to the next topic, but um, we, we're talking about, you know, the Raptors in transition, um, how oh, yes. players like Gary so Trent nice. Jr. is um, getting his open looks. He's the guy, if I'm the opposing team, just to add to what you said, um, if there's a true shooter on this team that I would not want to leave open right now, it's Trent. Um, I know Fred Van Vliet is going to get his, but he's been inactive the past two games. So right now I've been really happy what I'm seeing from Trent. Um, But more so, I think the reason why the transition game has been so successful is having, you know, we've been talking about how we were really looking for an improvement from Achua because we figured he's going to be a focal point for this team. It's actually been Coloco. And having a true center in Coloco has been very beneficial for this team um he has a lot of boucher in him when it comes to fearlessness and his attacking of the rim and rim protection Mm -hmm. the only thing that bothers me about him and i don't necessarily think it's his fault the only thing that's been troubling me i should say is his lack of respect with the calls he's just not getting them and Mm -hmm. he's getting the rookie treatment from the refs i know i know i know (laughs) i hate bitching about refs i hate doing it i hate seeing it i hate doing it but they are making him earn it. And oh, yeah. there are some, like that Miami game just left a bad taste in my mouth when it came <laughs> to the treatment of Coloco. But otherwise, him really spacing this team out, being that anchor to, to rim protect and to gather rebounds in transition if they're unsuccessful, or even, you know, if they're setting up plays shooting from the outside, mm-hmm. he knows his role. He knows he's not an outside threat, he doesn't even try. Having someone like that, yeah, having someone like that is very beneficial for this team. Oh, sure. We've we've always talked about traditional centers on this team ever since, you know, even just the departure of Alan Shunis. But even before then, we were still talking about traditional centers. Like, do we upgrade Alan Shunis for Andre Drummond? Right? Like, those conversations were had to market. Like, DeMarcus Cousins face the floor a bit. But, like, we're looking at traditional centers, right? We're talking about guys that come in, and you know what you're going to get from them. Um, now, over the last five years, you've seen a lot of those traditional centers, like a Valanciunas, begin to space the floor, which is fine. It's good to have that, obviously. Like it's definitely not a negative. But when you're when your team spaces the floor well enough, they're versatile. And there's six nine boys that can shoot the ball. Then 
you don't necessarily need a space five. Like you don't need a center that can get outside and shoot. You need a body that's going to get you rebounds. Like Boucher bodies and, and gets his stuff. Chua plays hard, but Coloco just has the size and the strength. And they both shoot from the outside. Achua and Boucher. Correct. And they, and they can hit it. Yeah. So it's not to say that they're spreading the floor and they're just, you know. No, but that's more of the bench role for them. Yes. Know? Yeah. I, I've i liked the addition of Coloco in the starting unit. Regardless of the amount of minutes he's been playing, I like seeing him play, get some run with that with that starting other with the other four of yeah. the starting unit, mm-hmm. especially with Fred VanVleet's um, injury. I think it's been really good for him to get in there and get some run with the boys. Uh, and it's a show of respect, too, from Nick Nurse and the coaching staff saying, hey, you know, we, we see what you're doing, whether it's in practice, whether it's during games on the bench unit. Like, we like your intensity. We like what you can bring for us on that rebounding end of things. You block really well. <laughs> He's like... Players are afraid to attack because of Coloco's presence. You're already seeing it. Like, he's a big body in there. You're already seeing players kind of, oh, uh, uh, not going to go in there. Hmm. Let's hit a midi. Or I'll, I'll stay back and, you know, get me off this guy. Pick and roll. So, for that, for that level as a rookie to come in there, second round pick rookie to come in and do what he's doing, I've been impressed with him for yeah. sure. Um, I guess we were, I guess anything to wrap up about Scotty Barnes, you're talking about Scotty Barnes, but I don't know if you have anything else to say besides, yeah, he's the future and he's going to be a future all-star this season. No, no, he's, he's the future, but how worried were you when he landed on that ankle and he grabbed his foot and he looked like he was in excruciating pain? Yeah. It gave me like flashbacks. I just mm-hmm. didn't want to, <laughs> I was, I was definitely worried, but, um, obviously, you know, we're here now. Glad one that game. he's okay. That's it. One game. one game. One game is all it takes, you know, and and that's it. He's he's really a superhuman. That's what happens when you're a nice guy. You just heal faster. That and it's like out of the memory bank for people. It's not even yep. something. Oh, is he still hobbled? But now he's fine. No, he's fine. He's like, I'm back in. He's drinking he that bio steel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it's a playoffs, he's probably back the next game type yeah. of deal. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. One game. Yeah. He feeds him. He injects bio steel into his veins. That's it. And that's it. That's all you need. That's that's what I'd be doing. I'd be, I'd be talking to Alex McKechnie and be like, give me whatever <laughs> give me whatever you're giving to Kawhi Leonard because that guy's not getting any more and he's struggling. Give me that like pink that. juice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. Um, look, I guess talking about Kawhi Leonard and looking around the NBA, um, mm-hmm. I just want to get a... Uh, let's get a view of the landscape. We're sitting... And we're exploring the NBA landscape. We're sitting on the top sure. of the mountain. We're looking down on everybody. We're saying, what's going on with certain teams? What teams are you surprised by? What are you shocked about? Like, it, it can be it could be one of both. It can be, like, you could literally say, I don't have anything. You could say, like, this, this take is something that I knew was going to happen. I told you about, um, which I feel like I know what yours would be. But... Let me like give me a breakdown of of what you've noticed that's glaring to you since the start of the season with the NBA. Since we haven't had a pod since the start of the season, sure, I have three. Yeah, what's up with the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc has to be on the hot seat, even though it's for them still nine games deep for them. Yeah, four and five uh, record currently sitting in eighth place in as of November third. 
uh, four games back at first, the undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. And Harden is out for a little bit a of month. time. Yeah. So not going to do them any favors. Um, and Maxi, it's really hard to not like that kid. I I hate that I like him. He's I hate, so fast. I hate that I like him, but it's hard. It's so hard not to. His game is so good, dude. That win, even though the Raptors lost to that team, that win for Philly, I was he was just so. Good. I think he went seven for seven for his first seven three pointers attempt. Yeah. He so plays good. so well against us. So good. Um, he's so, got my respect. Yeah, seventy sixers are a surprise for me. Um, heading into the West, the Trailblazers at two. I didn't even have them in the playoffs. <laughs> Trailblazers at I two. I told you. I told you they would be good. I I, I told you they'd be in the playoffs. I mean, where the where's Portland? This that's, is not sustainable. That was my that was my gloat. By the way, it was Portland. That's um, not sustainable. At at a seven hundred win percentage pace, no. Okay. But playoffs is playoffs is very much within reach of this team. They're a good team. Top five in the West, maybe. Oh, I don't know. All right, I don't think the Nuggets are. This I think. Bad. I think. I think. How about this? We'll say top six. They don't get into playing. Okay. Um, and lastly, Spurs. <laughs> what? Five and three. They five are three pretty good. I mean, we spanked them last night. They got destroyed. I, good team. It up. was an embarrassment. But yo, low key, the Spurs. That arena play some really good bump music <laughs> during during plays. I was very impressed it's with Greg, their... It's Greg Popovich's personal soundtrack. It's got to be. It's got to be a Spotify playlist. You think, they, you, think, you think the guy drives around the city and just bumps those electric beats or dude, what? it's got to. It's low-key pretty good. And I don't know if it's because of the acoustics in the arena, but it. I was digging it. You know, listening, got the whole I, crowd rocking. I was listening on my headphones because, again, I watched games a day later. Um, yeah. And I was recovering from traumatic arm tattoo surgery yesterday so um you poor soul but this morning i was listening to the game while watching with headphones on at work don't tell my boss um and uh their system sounds good the the treble and the bass you know mixture there oh it's so good anyways i digress spurs at four this is not sustainable it's just not no no no, um it's not not but shout out to former and future raptor uh jakob pertle um, former and future. See, I was going to bring this up and say Jakob Pertl's in some trade rumors. Yeah. Um, back to Toronto. Yeah. It, I mean, with the way he's playing mm-hmm. and, you know, if what we think of the Spurs comes to fruition and they're going to dip down, it's it's going to cost a first. And Malachi we, Flynn in a first. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, we're just so a first. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yes. We we paid that price for Thad to the same yep. team, but again, yep. I think the rule is if we trade with San Antonio again, we are barred from trading trading with them for the next two years or next season. I, I think. I I actually didn't know that. I'll yeah. Remember that. the uh, Terrence Ross trade, right? Um, and before that, wait, no, Terrence Ross was involved in the Ibaka trade, right? Correct. Okay. There was a trade before that. Was he it knew Turkoglu. No, I, I think it was a coaching trade. I'm not sure. Oh, I know what it was. It was the front office. Um, uh, Jeff Holzman, I think, is his name. I think uh, I so. Wanna, I don't want to. But I, I apologize if I'm saying the last name incorrectly. It was. But yeah. It, then that that would that would make sense because I know that they were like 
I, he came from our organization. He came from the Raptors. So maybe that was it. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think you're barred from trading after if you trade two consecutive years in a row. Yeah. I think you have to wait a season. So if we do end up trading a first for Yaka, whatever it is for Yaka Pirtle, yeah. thus at least for next season we can't trade for the San Antonio. That's fine. Spurs. That's fine by me. They yeah. offered zero besides Yaka Pirtle, and they're keeping Keldon Johnson. Ah, so I, I don't mind Doug McBuckets on this team. No. Why? No, that he's CJ no. Miles. <laughs> no, man. That's what he is. I'm not taking. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking that bum on my team. That Why he can hit threes? No, no, he stinks. So can Gary Trent. Unless uh, Gary Trent this just is a suddenly guy, collapses dude. and dies, then we'll get. You can maybe persuade me on Doug McBuckets, but until then, I'm not hearing it. I've wanted Doug McBuckets since he was a bull. Oh Jesus, that guy stinks. No, dude, he's let a, it, he let used it to go, be a raptor man. killer, hardcore raptor killer. <laughs> let it go. Yes, but he stinks. All right, let all right. It go. Those are my um, and gloat wise. Um, it doesn't even really have to be like you don't even have to like you can you can pass on it. I just like. Yeah, something, something suck. that you're like, I called it. Pistons right? suck. Pistons oh, here's suck. one. Here we go. Kings and Lakers, both two and five. I still think yeah. the Kings creep in there. I really you're, do. That's so trash. I think that's they do. That's so trash. They stink, man. They suck. No. Like, they have on paper, they have a decent roster. On paper, they do, but it's the Sacramento Queens. <laughs> Dude, they're going to creep. Right? They're going to creep. They're going to no, get there. No, no, they, no, they, no. They're cursed. Their franchise is cursed. I will never, I will never bet on them to win anything in my lifetime. All right, all right. I, I, I'll gloat on this at the end of the year. I bet you they finish ahead of the Lakers. The <laughs> Lakers are in shambles, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm like, that's why I've like paused because like, I'll still take that bet. Okay. Also take that. All right. Well, well gentlemen's. So I'll, go, I'll go with it. Yeah. We'll, we'll gentlemen's agree on it. It's LeBron is the best player on that team. I'm going to go with the best player. So. Okay. Uh, of the two. Yeah. I mean, yes, but yeah. All right. Go ahead. What, what do you got? Um. Okay. So for me, I think a couple things to note. Brooklyn. Two and six to start the year. Kyrie Irving suspended a minimum of five games without pay. Brooklyn Nets have stated that they it's something to the effect of they don't see him currently as a piece of the, a, a piece of the organization. Strong something words. to that effect. Yeah, strong. That's it's strong. Like I, I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it up as we're as we're talking about it here. Yeah, they like they're talking about his eradicating hate and performances coming from the nets mm-hmm. by the way too late though i would say too late but i mean they were l- hiring for a pr person yes so maybe yeah, this I mean, is yeah. their first assignment good call they actually were that's legit. they were this yeah. i'm not trolling they were hiring yeah. for a pr person the day that this Kyrie irving shit went down yep so their guy probably had a mental breakdown was like i, I quit i'm out of here mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't deal with, i can't deal with this guy anymore so Kevin Durant can only do so much, and we already have talked about how that bench is just garbage. I said Brooklyn would be like a seventh or eighth seed. I wouldn't be surprised right now if they don't even make the play in. You know, we didn't even talk at length about this team. Do all right. Let, let's let's start with the be surprised that they're not going to make it the play in. They're not better than Milwaukee. They're definitely not better than Cleveland. There's another Correct. thing I'm surprised about. I didn't yeah, think they're going to be this good. Six and one, it's a good start. I knew they'd be a good team this year, but six and one's a really good start for them. Yeah, 
Um, we still beat them. Uh, <laughs> I don't think, despite the loss, I think the Raptors are a better team than the Raptors than are a better team. Um, I'm not sold that the Hawks are better. Um, Celtics definitely are. I still think the Bulls are. I love that team. Um, the Wizards, I don't think so. 76ers, I still, eh, depends on how long Harden's out. Maybe at the end of the day, they finish ahead of Brooklyn. Heat. I still think I'll take I'll them. take I'll take the heat over Brooklyn. Yeah, but that then that's it. Like you look at the remaining team, they're not Knicks aren't better than them, Pacers Knicks aren't reach. better than them. Yeah. Hornets aren't better than them, Pistons aren't better than them. So, you know, you eliminate the Wizards in that conversation. I, mm-hmm. I think they make play in. Uh yeah, least. sneak in it's like a nine or ten. Yeah. Oh, it's so wild. The, the the bottom end of the East is awful, dude. It is bad. It is bad. What about the well? Maybe maybe Detroit comes up and just overtakes Brooklyn. Maybe, dude. We maybe. didn't even talk about Ime. Like, how bad can this organization be? Right? They're like, okay, KD wanted a trade. Kyrie is posting anti-Semitic shit. Ben Simmons is just terrible. <laughs> Awful. Awful. He's, just the he's, worst. He's the worst. The worst. He's the worst. We're gonna fire Steve Nash. How do we get this organization on track? Hire a sexual predator. <laughs> Let's That'll go. do it. Yes. Yeah, you want to work for PR for this the team? Fuck? Or? What is wrong with this organization? <laughs> it's so ass backwards. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I Sorry, complete, I cut you complete, off. No, no, no. It's okay. Complete side topic on that. And we were having this conversation, me, you, and, and good friend of the show, Richard Berver. Fellow 5-9-er. Fellow 5-9-er. Well, not to me, but no. for you. No. Uh, he's a big Ben Simmons stan, big Ben Simmons fan. And my hot take is that Ben Simmons may be the biggest bust of a first round pick ever. And I'm not saying this to like, there's the Anthony Bennett's of the world. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But hear me out is coming when it comes from this perspective, maybe it makes sense a little bit. Anthony Bennett was, was drafted first overall. But nobody expected that guy to do anything like that was out of left field. Okay, it was like. The expectations were never there for Anthony Bennett to be like, uh, you know, a a face of the franchise player, even like a star player. People were like, what the where the fuck did this pick come from? It was completely out of left field and it was whack and it was shit. Ben Simmons had expectations of being a franchise player. He had expectations of revolutionizing the NBA. In terms of his length at the position, what he can do, his presence inside, his his vision, his passing, his defense. Like, the only knock on him was that he couldn't shoot. That was the only knock was, like, he can't shoot threes, but the rest of his game is fine. The rest of his game is, like, he's going to come in, he's going to dominate, and then if he shoots the odd three or whatever, then that's great. He peaked in his rookie season, and even at and even in then, like it wasn't a stellar season. He peaked, and he has plateaued ever since. I'll hear the argument about Greg Oden, but that was because of injury. Ben Simmons' injury is in his noggin. Faults? No. I mean, he was booked as a franchise guy. He got shipped to Orlando. I mean, he had sort of a resurgence, but at least he at least he's played better than his rookie season. No, I don't even think he played his entire rookie season, right? Didn't he get hurt? I know, but I'm talking. I'm talking about his first year. Okay, I'm about his first year. I mean, yeah, sure, but yeah, I, 
I'm just trying to defend the defenseless. I can't. I know. It's, I, it's it, he is just, like for the amount. It's I'm talking like the perspective here. The amount of hype that Ben mm-hmm. Simmons had, and the amount of promise that he had from everybody watching him. Like for me, if I don't see you in Mar, like, and and this and this may be very superficial, but this is how I look at things too. If I don't see you in March Madness, you are a loser. You're a loser. Yeah. Because you because yeah. you can't get your team to mar- to March Madness, and you're supposed to be a number one overall pick. It was the same fucking thing that happened to Markel Fultz. Same thing. Yeah. Didn't make it to March Madness. Like Ben Simmons didn't make it to March Madness. You are a bona fide loser. You don't know how to win. You don't know what it takes to be the man. Put the team on your back and go and win. Losers. Losers across the board. Never draft a loser. I'm, I'm sorry. Just loser garbage yeah right. he, he he's terrible that team's in shambles that yeah it's so bad so bad um utah jazz is six and three yeah that's danny ainge is danny ainge is having a heart attack <laughs> he's like i've had wet dreams of when benny i need him and and that team is doing him no favors man. yeah Tell me that like good for them because they're like if we can play well here this season then we can get, get the fuck out of here we can get shipped out yeah but they what a hot start again same thing as as san antonio not sustainable they're currently third in the western conference at six and three they will probably win another 10 more games the rest of the season. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, it's possible. You, you know, they're not a good team. They're really not. Um, the Golden State Warriors at three and five is really interesting. Pool's really okay. interesting. What like where, where are you sitting with this team? Because a lot of people had him at number like we had him at number one. Mm hmm what's going on there is it just a slow start or is it like i i i don't even know who they play like let, let's take a look at this yeah I'm so looking. pardon me i'm looking good yeah so they started the season against the lakers the, they spanked the them. lakers yeah they spanked the lakers so lakers nuggets kings look at that Suns. kings win though look at that yeah. kings win what does that say 130 to what 125 yeah dude they hung in there Come At on. the end of the day, they don't ask you how they ask Come you how on. many. All right. Come on. F- fuck that shit. And then they got spanked by the Suns. Yeah. The Heat, Hornets. They lost to the Hornets and the Pistons and the Heat. They're on a three-game losing streak. Lost to the Hornets, Pistons, and Heat. Dude, Magic are beating them right now. And the Magic are up on them as we speak, 106-104. And 113, then they yeah. play tomorrow night in New Orleans against the Pelicans. That's a travel. That's that's a That's a tough turnaround. Oh, oh, and then Monday, Monday, Monday against, the, against Kings. the Kings, <laughs> and then and then they play the Cavs, and then on Sunday the thirteenth they play the Kings. Must fucking see television on Monday. They play, they Kings play the Warriors. Kings three times in their first like twelve games. Yeah, that's crazy. Y'all put another gentleman's bet that the Kings win one of those. I feel like they will. Oh yeah, I feel like they will. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against that. I feel like they will. Low key Kings that's... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were so biased that um yeah the the warriors they've got my attention i don't understand what's going on here um yeah magic are currently up on them i i don't understand what's going on there at all the rest of the teams are kind of it's just the start of the seasons whatever but those are my three where i'm kind of like whoa um lakers again as well as kind of whatever but that shocks you 
That team yes is so no. old. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like I, it, it, I still expect them. I expect them to be like at thirty nine and forty five team, or thirty nine and whatever forty forty three. Thirty nine forty three team. I, I like slightly below five hundred. But maybe maybe I'm tripping them. Oh, they're just an old team. They are. Pat Anthony Bev. Davis oh is playing like God. an old man too. Pat Bev. What do we got for Pat Bev? How many points is he averaging per game? Four point six <laughs> per game. No. Yep. My boy, Pat Bev. Yeah. Um. Other than that, the rest of the league makes sense. Like the Knicks got off to a really hot start, and I was like, that's not going to last. And guess what? not they're on a three-game losing streak bucks Cavs, hawks melia they play philly and then boston again that team's junk yep i'll second that yeah they're they're shit um get gloat about the trailblazers good yeah i <laughs> that's where i was going to next and and you know five and two to start i did i did say that this team was a lot better constructed and more thought out this year than it was last year. And mm. there's a couple of things about that. Like, if you take a look, Damian Lillard is still the guy, obviously. Uh, Anthony Simons has been playing really well for them. Jeremy Grant has had a really good start. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic has just been a good center for them. Shaden Sharp has had a really good start to the year, like for a rookie. This team has what it takes to be a playoff team. I know you know that now. You know that. You deep you deep down you know that. And yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Deep down you know that they're even if they're a, even if they're in tenth, like you you know that they like this is a playoff team. Yeah. Damian Lillard is 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 a guy. Like he's a guy. He's been criminally underrated for so long. The Trailblazers, I still think I think they'll finish like fifth or sixth. And they'll probably get first rounded, but sure, whatever. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Gary Trent Jr. will put on a performance for them in, in their honor. Wow. Okay. All right. That's your take trade us to the promised land. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, I guess we have two more things. I just am even taking a look at the time. Um. Too sweet. Hold on. Moment. Oh, it's back. Uh, too sweet. It's time for the too sweet moment of the week. Here on the South of the Six podcast. As you were. I, I, was, I just wasn't sure if that was still alive or not. So I love Mr. Soundboard over here. Okay. Um, you want to go or do you want me to go? I, I, I already alluded to mine. It was yesterday's game uh, against San Antonio. One of the transition right in the beginning. Uh, fast break. Dime to Scotty Barnes. And he jammed it down with authority. He turned his back. Looked at the defender. Jammed it down. No fucks given. That's what I like to see. Just too sweet from Scotty Barnes. I'm calling a bit of an audible on mine. Sure. And I I mean it in the way where we always talk about moments in game. Talk about a moment outside of the game. OG Ananobi self-appointed himself as the defensive player of the year. He did. That's really fucking sweet, man. Like that is too sweet. Is the that more that confidence that, than Pascal? Top five. Confident. Yeah. He is confident at that. Like Pascal levels confident. Yes. He goes, I am I'm the best defensive player. I've been the best defensive player in this league for some time. 
Put some respect on my name. Love it. That is what you love to see. That's sweet. So for me, that's a too sweet moment of the week. That's that's a good one. You know, he is. He's got to make all defensive team. He's got he's got to be up there right now in defensive player of the year. If I he mean, stays healthy, he will. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. And how many players? You know, besides Prime Kawhi and I don't know, I, I guess Gobert pride themselves on their defensive abilities. And it's not like he's a slouch on offense. You know, it's not he like shoot. OG can't, especially underneath, man. Mm-hmm. So aggressive and he's so shifty when it comes to how he, he gets those buckets. But yeah, it, that's fucking balls on the table, man. OG I just love declaring it. it. Loved it. He's the man. Yeah. OG's the man. Um, yeah, it's some pretty sweet moments. I'm telling you that for mm. sure. So, um, game predictions between now and when we will be anticipated to record next podcast. There are seven games right. that are coming up. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one by one, and you'll tell me win or loss. Sure. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, Friday night, November fourth, at Dallas. Win or lose. I'm going to say win because I think Fred plays. I'm going to go win. Yep. I'm going to go win there as well. Um, Sunday the 6th, so not a back-to-back. Sunday the 6th, they're at home against Chicago. Yeah, home and home. It's Uh, a home and home. Yeah, I'll preface that. Like They're home on the Sunday and then in Chicago on the Monday the 7th. I'm going to say split, but with a twist, the visiting teams win. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. That's cool. Okay, so we got we got a win and then a loss and a win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Wednesday, the 9th, they play the Houston Rockets. To win. Win? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, cool. Um, Friday, the 11th, they, they are in Oklahoma to play Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, win? That's a win. This is where the schedule gets nice. Mm -hmm. This is where we talked about. Yeah. Uh, They have a game following the next day, Saturday the 12th at Indiana. They play the Pacers. That's a win. That's a win. And Monday, the November 14th, they are at Detroit to play the Pistons, win or lose. I want to say win, but Detroit always plays Toronto hard. Always. And it's a Dwayne Casey thing. And this is why I told you in the beginning of the season – I believe Detroit, out of all teams that are like, put it this way, our rivals are apparently GSW. I think Detroit's more of a rival than Golden State. I'm gonna call this an L. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um. I'm. I, I think. I think that that's. I. I probably gave this a W earlier in in the season, honestly. But they're in Detroit. Dwayne Casey literally sells his soul for this game every single year. I don't know what he does, but he always gets some juju flowing. And I think it's going to be an L that puts the Raptors at a 5-2 and two record over the next seven games, which would put the team at 10-5 and five, still if that good. was the case. Still good. I think it's still good. Um, I'll take I'll take 5-2 and two over the next seven games, regardless of yeah. how it, it goes down. Um, again, you're expected to beat the Houstons, OKCs, Indianas, and Detroits of the, of the league, but... 
given the Raptors history with Detroit and sort of where it goes, I'm just, I, I think there's a stinker game that's due in that run of shitty teams that the Raptors play. So yeah, I'm going to put it there. It's like when they play Sacramento, you know, it, they should win, but they're going to lose that, you know, cause it's Sacramento and you know, they're low key. I, I pretty know, good. I know what, I know what you, <laughs> I know what you should get for Christmas it should be a fucking Sacramento Kings hat. Uh, I wouldn't hate it, but I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you Sacramento Queens shirt. No, dude. No. I just yeah. that team is so. I just want them to have just a little bit of success. No, I want them to suffer. Even no, more. dude, I'd <laughs> rather see them succeed than the Lakers right now. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I would too. I would too. Like if I had to choose to cheer between one of them, I would be Sacramento. Yeah, like I'll always go for the team that's got the less fortunate history, but. And it's always a weird game in Sacramento with the Raptors. Always. Something fuck. It's like the Jays at the Trop. Something yeah. weird happens, and it's a yeah. nail-biter. But that's all right. The The Raptors will just absolutely dummy right. the Sacramento Kings every time they play them this all year. Right. All right. So five and two. Goes. Five and two. Not five bad. and two. So it puts us at a projected 10-5 ten ten and five. Five record over the first 15 games. As a Raptors fan... That's some, if that does come to fruition, you should be very happy about that. I think that's a good benchmark for this team. And that would then bring us into our next podcast. So um, cheering for five and two. If it's better than that, then that's lovely. That'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Adam Corsair, as we go to wrap this up, any closing remarks from you? Anything that we missed? Anything you want to say? I'm leaving the floor to you. No, no. it's uh, I love doing this glad we're we're doing this at the pace that we are um this team right now being able to watch them and still with that sort of relaxed attitude and just absorbing what they give me rather than you know i like it when they're really good and i like it when they win but i don't like the stress of every game necessarily being a big story for them to get the championship yeah um i do think we are all in agreement that they're not necessarily in that level of play right now um i would welcome it but I just like the idea of watching this team, absorbing what they're giving me, even with their flaws, and they still have them, um, and seeing them just blossom. I, I, this team is exciting, and I, we alluded to it. I'm looking forward to the trade deadline because I really believe that if they add substantial pieces, maybe a Yaka Pirtle, maybe that Dougie McBuckets off the bench to score that three for you that you don't currently have, um, Maybe they can make it to round two, and maybe even push to a round three. Who knows? Dog McBuckets will sell. I'm not. I'm not okay. All right. I'm so off that guy. Floor um, yours. I think that's well said. I think there's a lot to be excited for as a Raptors fan. And if they're in a position where they they have a really good record going to the trade deadline, they will do something. Um, what type of impact is still TBD? Because I think that the Raptors really like this core, and they don't want to move anything away from it. So. The movable assets are basically your picks and like the bodies you're talking like a Malachi Flynn or Delano Banton or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a little bit harder uh, to get a big swing of a trade. Um, Not until at least Shea Gilders Alexander comes to town. But yeah, Nets, you missed the sell high window with Malachi Flynn. (laughs) Yeah. When he was dropping 70, he could have been dropping 70 for the Nets. You guys wouldn't be fucking losing. And you have, and then now you have your point guard of the future with Kyrie out. But at least he's not anti-Semitic. So <laughs> that's 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 always a point. He may not be that good, but he's not anti-Semitic. <laughs> that's, that's that's great. That's yeah. what we love to see around here. <laughs> um, 
that about does it for us. You can find all of the episodes, including this one, on any of the popular podcatchers, except for SoundCloud. We are not SoundCloud rappers. Is that even popular anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's it, a thing. People will, oh, SoundCloud's popular for, like, musicians. Yeah, but things like mixes and, like, remixes and stuff like that that you can't post on Spotify because it's got, like, copyright stuff and whatever. Like, a lot of that stuff goes on to, goes on to SoundCloud. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find us anywhere there. If, if you did enjoy listening to us, if you did think that we provided some type of value, which I hope that we do, but even even if we didn't and you still enjoyed listening to our soothing voices and our lovely chatter, um, please leave us a like. Five-star review would always be appreciated. It helps out the channel more than you know. And uh, you can follow... You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam Corsair. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Connor Chambers, and you can find this show on Twitter at South of the Six. That's spelled six. That's spelled with the number six. Ix. I think I did that right. You did. Lovely. I was just trying to remember how you do it. Yeah. Um. That's uh, that's about it. Uh. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, in the next couple weeks, we will chat with you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.